dealing with conflict in your relationships. Welcome back to Relationships First. It's David Dubay. And in this episode, we're talking about the de-escalation of conflict, to be more precise. De-escalating conflict. Humankind, since the beginning of our existence, has had conflict. And conflict's not going anywhere soon. It's going to stick around. It's always going to be here. But there are tools that we can use to de-escalate the conflict. Because let me ask you this question. When was the last time that you said something you wish you didn't say? And why did you say it? In all likelihood, you were angry or upset when you said it. Your emotions got the best of you. Or think of the last time someone had said something to you that A, you wish they hadn't said, and B, you know they probably wish they hadn't said either. Worse yet, have you ever done something that you regret doing because of conflict? Or do you know someone who's done something that they shouldn't have done because of conflict? There's news stories every day about conflict. That's all the news is all about is conflict. And then what the situation came to. Any day, just go on to any news media organization's website, go to their Instagram page, their Facebook page, whatever, and you will see conflict. And you'll see the results of non-de-escalated conflict. Are they often good and positive? No, they're not. And so today, I want to give you some tools that you can use to de-escalate conflict. Because wouldn't you rather be alive? Wouldn't you rather be happy? And there's a saying goes with what I just said. And the saying is, I'd rather be happy than right. I'll say it again. I'd rather be happy than right. Now, a lot of people hear that and they're like, wait a second. No, no, I'd rather be right than happy. Well, I would rather be happy and alive than right and then no longer here. Which seems to happen way more often than it should. This ain't the Wild West where you can just have an argument, go in the street and just shoot someone. But ironically, some people still believe that's the case. So wouldn't you rather be happy and alive than right and not alive? I would. So learning this stuff is valuable. When you're Next time you're driving and someone cuts you off, think about it. I'd rather be happy than right. You don't know their situation. You don't know why they're speeding. You don't know why they're trying to get to where they're going and cutting you off. You have no idea. Now, if they hit you, that's a different story. But at the same time, think rationally. I'd rather be happy than right. So what can you do in the heat of the moment? In an argument? What can you do? How can you change certain parameters and other people's reaction or actions towards you or the situation when things get heated? Now, before I get to techniques, I want to share with you what my father taught me. And it's funny to think about this because this is what my dad just did. My dad didn't read a book. My dad didn't just 
study some program and was like, this is how you do this. My dad just did this. When I was a kid and I was angry, my father would poke and prod at me. He would be jovial with me. And so not physically poke and prod, but he'd be jovial with me and say things like, I see that smile and I'm so angry. I, like To this day, I couldn't tell you any of the situations that I was really mad at him about, but I would never stay mad because of what my dad would do. He would say silly jokes. He would say, I see the smile. Oh, there it is. And even though I'm not smiling and I'm really grumpy, every time he would do that, he would be breaking a pattern. And finally, within moments of him saying these things, you know, probably within a minute, within 60 seconds of him doing this, I'd have broken a smile. And then, sure, I'd remember what I was angry about and I'd go back to the anger, but within, you know, a couple more seconds, I'd be smiling again. And finally, I'd be giggling and laughing and I'd be, I'd want to be angry, but I couldn't because I couldn't remember what I was angry about. And my dad did something and he showed me at an early age that you don't have to be mad. You don't have to be angry. You don't have to hold on to those feelings. It's our choice to do that. And most of the time we want to. We're attached to those feelings. We are emotionally attached to them. And then they grow because we're focusing on them. We're focusing on the situation and why we're mad. And so what we do in our minds is we play this reel back over and over again of the situation, why we are so angry. And we allow it to get us more and more angry. My dad being outside of the reason for my anger, none of it bothered him. And what he did was cut through it, through his words and his actions being jovial and fun and fun-loving outside of, you know, my little bubble of anger. In neurolinguistic programming, NLP for short, they call it a pattern interrupt. Now, my dad didn't learn pattern interrupts. This wasn't something my dad studied and was like, oh, I'm going to use a pattern interrupt on my son. He just did it. And it worked. And he knew it worked. And it definitely worked. When I get angry these days, I get angry for a short period of time and then I'm over it. And I don't know if I can attribute that to my father or not, or if I should or shouldn't, but I do. So the idea here is what's called a pattern interrupt. Someone is angry about something. And so they're focused on that thing. And as they more and more focus on it, and they have their attention towards you or towards the situation or towards someone... Right? So if you're partisan to an accident or something, right? so you watched it happen and then people got other vehicles and then someone is extremely angry. Right? So you're third party to it. You can de-escalate it by presenting something new. You interrupt their pattern. So you bring up something that's outside of the purview of the accident. And that will help cut through it. To create a visual picture of what this is, is imagine, so there's DVDs, CDs, and then LPs. LPs, so like older technology. Right? A DVD is newer technology, a CD, and then an LP or a record. So if you don't know what a record is, it's essentially the oldest version of a CD. 
And so it's this plastic vinyl disc that has grooves all around it. And in the grooves are little bumps. And the little bumps, when the record is turning on the turntable, the little bumps are read by this little head. And as the head goes over those little bumps in the grooves, it plays music or voice, audio, what have you. So that's essentially what a CD does is it's a, and a DVD is a greater version of this. They make smaller and smaller grooves with smaller, smaller little bumps inside that this little laser re- head reads and it transitions those things, those ones and zeros into the video and the audio that you're hearing. Now, an LP or a record is is a bigger version of that and a much older version. It holds a lot less information. But you hear of these things called turntables and so DJs will spin the record and then they'll scratch the disc. They'll scratch the LP. and It makes this noise that you hear. Now, I'm not good with that stuff on here, so I'm not going to try to do it. But the idea is simple. If you scratch a CD, if you scratch a DVD, if you scratch an LP, does it ever play the same? Yes or no? No, it does not. So the premise of this pattern interrupt is to scratch the person's pattern. So we play a pattern, and it's what we naturally do. All of us do this when it comes to being angry, is we're playing the video of the situation, the incident, right, or the outcome of it in our heads, and we're magnifying that towards the person or the event of the incident, right, the origin of the anger. And we allow that to continue to magnify. So we all play the same type of thing. It's just, right, a new scenario of anger and upset. So what you do is you go in and you do a pattern interrupt. You cut that pattern by presenting new ideas, new things. Now, I'm not being like, hey, look at the red blanket over there, bull. That's not what I'm talking about. And it's not like, knock, knock, who's there? A punch in the face, right? Knock, knock joke might not be the right thing to do. Pretending that they're a bull might not be the right thing to do. So situational awareness is key to this, working for you and for them. Now, if you're with someone you love, like I talked about what my dad did for me as a child, right? So someone younger than you would be easier to be somewhat jovial and loving towards. Same with a partner that you're in a relationship with. You know what your inside jokes are. You could use your inside jokes. You can break their patterns by talking about something that they know and that they care about. You can do it jokingly. You can be serious about it. It's all up to you, but you can de-escalate the situation. For a significant other, some of the great ways to do this is to focus on your love for them. If you're in the same room, which hopefully... You're not texting. If, if this happens over text messages, I can't help you. Text messaging is the absolute worst way to communicate, period. So much is lost in translation. Don't do it. Don't argue. Don't fight over text message. Simply send a message saying, next time we see each other, we can talk about this. 
no sense in arguing over text. The worst methodology for communication, period. Phone is better, but still not good. But you can do this over the phone as well. Say, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I respect you. We'll have this conversation later. If you're in person, holding their hand, guiding their face and their eyes towards your eyes, and then saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. Or hugging them and holding them. See, it's, it's very difficult to be angry with someone when you love them and they're holding you. And you're telling them that you love them. Not to say it can't happen. You know, if someone just said, hey, we're going to get a divorce, this might not be the proper way of handling it. I don't know. Remember, this is situational. So depending on the situation, you're going to want to use and discern what's the best methodologies to use. But the idea is simple. You want to cut through what they're focused on, which is their anger, maybe hate, towards you and or the situation. And maybe you aren't the target of their anger or their hate. Maybe it's towards someone else. But you can always use pattern interrupts to help break that cycle and de-escalate the issue. I would rather be happy and alive than right and six feet under. Wouldn't you? Not to say that you're the one person that you are intimate with and love or your son or child is going to get that way, but for other instances outside of that. De-escalation is vitally important. Helps so many people. To me, this is an important subject, important topic, because of all the news I see. For how many people I see getting hurt over arguments that literally don't need to go that far. If you're the one who's heated and you can walk away from the situation, then you should. You can revisit your anger at any given time. This happens. I'm guilty of it. Where I don't walk away, I'm guilty of it. And so are you. Sometimes thinking it over is way more helpful and useful. Because how many times have you responded to a text message or responded to what someone said and you didn't put the thought you think you should have afterwards into it? Right? Where you're like, that shoe didn't have to be in my mouth. I didn't have to eat my own words. Had I just sat with it for a little longer and responded to it differently. It helps to take moments to realize the true situation at hand. Because sometimes we don't know what the outcomes can be until we actually take the time to think it through. Most of us don't think things through. I know I'm guilty of doing that. Irrational action begots irrational outcomes. And I'd rather have rational outcomes. The older I've gotten, the more I've better and more disciplined I've become at this, but that doesn't make me infallible. I'll still, I'm sure, continue to act rash in situations I shouldn't. But knowing this information and having this as more of a top of mind awareness, when you're angry, it's difficult to have top mind awareness of like, I should just walk away. But if you can, you should. 
And if you can help de-escalate the other person, that's also helpful. I'd rather be happy than right. And how many times do you want to be right? Like all of the time. You always, like the reason why we're angry is we want to be right. It's our situation. We're the right ones. You're the wrong one. But in being happy does not mean you're admitting you're wrong either. By de-escalating the situation doesn't mean you are wrong, doesn't invalidate your side or your opinion or your thoughts, none of that. But does it save a relationship? Quite possibly. If you are currently dealing with conflict in your personal life and you're not sure how to deal with it and you like assistance, I'd like to help you. You can find assistance and work with me at relationships with an s dash first.com. That's relationships with an s dash first.com. And I will meet with you and we can have a discussion about what's going on in your situation and I'll help you get through it. So if you want help and you want to work with me, go to relationships with an s dash first, F I R S T.com. That's relationships dash first.com. So if this was helpful to you, then share this out. More people need to know of this. If you like this, rate us, share with us, let us know how we're doing. If you would like to join our private community, go to relationships with an S dash first.com. And there you can join our community. If you'd like help with your relationship and you want to work with me, you can also go to that website, relationships dash first.com. With that being said, I'm David Dubay and I'll catch you on the next one. Take care.